introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way. Find a way. Peace is going on, everybody. It's tuned in to another episode of the Poet Life Podcast. I'm Jay Rodney, my good brother Christoph Wrights. We're your co-host for it, the Poet Life Podcast. We have an amazing guest with us today. This is our second woman poet. She is a phenomenal artist, traveler, nomad, an athlete. We just found out. Just a vessel 22, Miss Stephanie James. How you doing this evening? I'm doing super well. Thank you all for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Good to have you here. Quick question. No, wait, wait, wait. Right, here you go. No, you jump in. That was a quick, quick, uh, guess. Tell us a little about yourself and how you started to become the poet that you are. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I'm, I'm originally from Colorado Springs, um, Colorado, and I started writing poetry in 2014. So I was like doing an internship at the bank. I was a teller. Mm-hmm. You couldn't sit down. Uh, and so I just started writing poetry. And my sister was like, that's actually pretty good. Um, so I just kept writing just for fun and then moved out to the East Coast, moved to the DMV area and mm-hmm. got on the scene. All the spoken word artists, you know, make you want to hone your craft and mm-hmm. on stage and share your gift. And it just all kind of kept rolling from there, to be honest. Okay. Was there a trigger? Was there uh, an inspiration or was it just was it a class or what, what do you think it was? Do you remember? No, I just, I didn't have anything else to do, to be honest. Mm. Like, I worked at the bank. It was really slow. We couldn't read. We couldn't sit down. We couldn't, wow. we couldn't do anything. So I yeah. just started writing. I was like, wow, okay, I really like this. And what I'm writing is pretty good. Like, it's actually, you know, being good. When I would actually share it with people and vocalize it, people were like, wow, that's actually, I really like that. Like, I resonate with that. Mm. Um, so I just started writing poetry to, like, uplift people and inspire like my actually my first poem was about basketball which was my mm. first love. um i used to want to go to the WNBA. i played you know played at hampton and all that so d1 basketball and you know things happen the way they do but um basketball was definitely my first love before like poetry and song wow we, you and i have uh two things in common uh i was born in denver okay Colorado. okay um I didn't stay there long, uh, but um, you went to Hampton, yes? Yep, I went to Hampton. And I went to Norfolk State. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Seven, you know, seven, five, seven, right, right, down, right across the bridge. <laughs> yeah, so so I see just the vessel 22. What's the 22 for? Yeah, so that was my number, in ba- uh, my basketball number in college. Mm, okay, yeah. so yeah. you sounds like you were good. I mean, they gave me a hundred thousand dollars to go there, so I mean, I had to be all right. Okay, yeah, hey, that's the that's the amount of my uh student loan, so yeah, you were pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah awesome. college was a good time. So, Ban Ban HBCU, mm-hmm. all three of his HBCU products. Um, yeah. I know there's a, a heavy cultural scene when it comes to the black arts. In college, what your exposure? Can you explain more about your exposure to poetry um, uh, at college at Hampton? Yeah, absolutely. So I would do a lot of shows, like homecoming. You know, we would have different. Um, there was a show called Music Meets Fashion, and like students put it together, and they had people modeling like different outfits. And then I got to do like a poem on stage, like during in in between like um, model, you know, models coming up on stage. So that was really fun. Um, I did a lot of shows in college. When I wasn't playing basketball, I was doing poetry, right? At my church that I went to, like just always sharing poetry. Um, and then Kariga, I don't know if you know Kariga Bailey. He yeah. actually, um, we, were at, we went to Hampton at the same time. So, yeah. So that you talk about exposure to poetry. Like, you know, yeah, that's what I want to get at. Did you know Kariga? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was a good time. Um, but yeah, just whatever event we can get on, we, I, you know, I was in there. So we able to also travel as well, like um, in college, twenty fourteen, like during the the beginning years, genesis of your career, we able to travel and get around outside of school as well, like maybe different states and different shows. Um, 
Not as much like during school, yeah. right? Because basketball is everything. Yeah. When, you're in college. when you're playing Division One basketball, they pretty much own you. Like you, you, you work out. You go to school. You go to class. You lift weights. You go to practice. You play games. Um, we did a lot of traveling to get to different events. The coolest thing that my coach used to do was that um, every every female basketball player got to play at her in her hometown before she graduated. So regardless, and the cool thing about Hampton was that most people from Hampton aren't from Hampton. Right. You know? So, you know, we, my team was from everywhere. So the coolest place we went, uh, one of my best friends still to this day, she's from the Virgin Islands. Uh, so we played in St. Thomas for an event before she graduated. We played at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs for me before I graduated. So it was kind of cool to like take the team to their hometown and allow their people to come and support them during college years, which was, it was really cool. Is that everywhere? Is that, or your school did that? Does, do most teams do that? No, no. It was just my coaches kind of gift to us. Like before every player graduates, they will get a chance to play a team in or near like their hometown, like where That's they're dope. from. Yeah, That's it was, dope. yeah. I had like 55 people at the yeah. airport. Academy signs and the bus pulled up to my house. My stepdad. Wow. <laughs> so it was it was really cool. The whole team's getting off the bus at my house. Like it was crazy. Okay, Hampton. Okay, <laughs> right. I'll give you that one. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. That's awesome. So let me ask you. Yeah. So, um, um, why performance poetry? Why spoken word? It, is it because you love the stage, or mm -hmm. what? What drew you to that? I do love the stage. Um, so initially, like I said, I was just writing. Um, mm -hmm. When I moved to the DMV, you know, spoken word was so prominent. And it was quite new to me, like around 2013. I just started getting into it, really, like um, speaking. And uh, it there's something about it. I ne It never gets old to me. Like when you're on stage and you're spitting that piece to have somebody come up to you afterwards and say that really resonated with me tonight. Mm -hmm. I needed to hear that. Or, and I love it because people take away different pieces where somebody mm -hmm. might've resonated with this, you know, stanza, somebody else really dug this piece over here. So mm -hmm. just having that impact on people, you know, I've had people come up to me after like they've lost a loved one or some really heavy things and just know that you're uplifting people. There's nothing like it. Like you can read my poetry, but to hear it is a different experience. Yeah. Yeah. You feel it then. Yeah. Right. When did you start incorporating that voice? Yeah. So I've been singing my whole life, actually. So uh, kind okay. of alongside basketball, alongside everything else, I've always been a singer. Um, so I actually sang before I ever wrote a poem. I was singing in church, singing. You know, my mom is that mom that's like, sing something for them. Come right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was singing forever. And then my best friend still of 21 years, she, her dad uh, worked for the city of Colorado Springs. So like mm. any events, you know, growing up, he would put me on stage to sing. Um, at all these dif different events. So, um, yeah, it was kind of natural for me. Like when I do a poem, I'm incorporating a song as well. And that's kind of my style, like singing yeah. and poetry mixed together. Beautiful. So you you pretty much already have a poetic production in the bag. Just that's, that's <laughs> how you come with yours. For sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. That's yeah, awesome. even beatboxing too. I used to do beatboxing when Good I was Lord. <laughs> when you start with beatbox and you throw in some song, you throw in yeah. people are like, okay, this this is cool. No, that's good because um, you know, I'm I'm sure there are some poets that can now say, Oh, I'm actually good at this that I can incorporate into mm -hmm. my poetry, whether it's a harmonica or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and have you seen that um that you can kind of upgrade your uh your price by saying that i'm i'm not just a poet but i'm a production i like that mm, i like that i'll have to use yeah. that in the future <laughs> no, for real yeah seriously i'm yeah. with you. that's that makes perfect sense oh no go ahead now, I was about to mention a question too. So, as far as your upbringing, because I'm big on like how that plays, like people's story, 
Mm -hmm. um, your upbringing is being a, being a singer and then um, listen to your most recent pieces that I did hear, like it's a lot um, of uplifting and encouraging piece. Um, would you say that is your style to uplift? Like that's your, you, you, you feel that's your purpose as a poet, as an artist, to uplift and be that encouraging piece, coupled with the voice, making it a production. Um, I guess in your own words, how would you describe, um, not necessarily your style, but I guess how you see your own lane? Yeah, for sure. That's a that's a good question. Um, yeah, I do. I do like I I am an inspirational poet. I do like to motivate and uplift. Um, I have evolved as well, right? Like my earlier poems were more about um, like the word and stuff like that. And I still am a firm believer, but now it's more on like my most recent piece was about you know what's going on in the world mm. and addressing that, right? Because you have to use your platform to be heard. You have to use your platform wisely and to get, get things across the people that in a meeting that they, they might not other otherwise hear it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's definitely evolved over time, but I do find that they are, they all are uplifting, inspirational. Um, I got to open up for common this year and mm -hmm. like before the world shut down, um, which was super dope. He was really cool. Um, but that was for the Martin Luther King day. Uh, and that was for like, it was, the I have a dream was, you know, the, the theme. And, and so that was very inspirational, but also very much like <laughs> shaking people awake about what's happening with systemic injustice and things that we're experiencing now. So, um, yeah, I can definitely say they all are inspirational, but it definitely has evolved over time for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, we just the other night, um, we had an interview with, um, a gentleman named uh, Sebastian Carson, and um, he he's heavy into uh, really uh, just getting all of the meat off the bone. And what I mean by that, I mean, you have a poem and now it's not just a poem. It's a tool mm -hmm. and it's a service that you offer. Yep. Right. And so he when he writes a poem, whether it's about depression, whether it's about social injustice, he then reaches out to different organizations that have that mission or that message and say, hey, this is what I have. Do you think this would work for your whatever event coming up? And and he, so he plays offense. Um, how did you get how did you get that gig with uh, Common in the that event? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, mm -hmm. It's really is. Life is about who you know and who knows you, right? So I worked uh, eight consecutive years at Frito Lay. It's actually an amazing story, really. So um, I worked for for Frito for eight years. When I left the organization, I was I was quitting my job. I wanted to stay and like work remotely, but it just wasn't progressive enough at that time for remote work. Um, so when I was leaving, the divisional vice president said, "You're you're making a major mistake. You're ruining your career." Mm -hmm. Here's are going to pass you up like this is not the right decision to make. Uh, but I was just so sad. I had gotten into this group where you go to a different country every month uh, for a year. I went to 18 countries in 2017. Don't regret it at all. Wow. But also, you know, he said you're leaving this national platform uh, and messing up your career, essentially. So fast forward to this year. That was a PepsiCo event. My friend from Frito-Lay said, we need a poet for the MLK speech. Come and check it out. He was at actually at the event, the, my, my former boss. And so he says, um, are, you, are you back? I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not back or anything. <laughs> so when I go on stage, they call me on stage, which I thought was amazing to do what I love mm -hmm. at your company. And I'm not working for you. I'm doing what I said I wanted to do. And your company's paying me to do that, but I don't. <laughs> but, yeah. And your audience and watching and listening to the to the piece, so it was um nothing like it. <laughs> it's nothing like it actually. Full circle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, what did he say afterwards? Oh, he loved it. I mean, every everybody loved the piece. I, I wrote them specifically for the event. Super powerful. Beautiful. Super on time for what was happening, and um, yeah, it was it was great, and not like smashing anybody's face but it's just the principle of like yeah. when you take that leap of faith mm -hmm. you're gonna have people that are naysayers you have to jump anyway That's you have good. to get to a point where you're like i'm gonna make this leap anyways 
And then when when you're congratulating me when I'm there, I'll appreciate that too. But it was mm-hmm. just cool to have, like you said, a full circle and for him to see like I'm doing yeah. what I love, I'm doing well. You know. Love it. Yeah. What was your role at um Frito Lay? Um, so I was promoted four times in eight years. So wow. it, it was all on the sales side. So district sales manager, I was his own business manager where I managed like um $14 million. So I had the Washington DC zone was my zone. So if you needed a paperclip all the way to you run your truck into CVS, like it's coming across my desk, anything that spent money at that point. Um, and then I was a change associate, which was really fun. So it was like implementing all the changes um, in the company in 2016. And um, I flew 90 times domestically that year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been a lot, I've been a lot of states too. I've been to 38 states as well. Um, so you were already traveling yeah. before you left to go travel. Yeah. I've always loved it. Um, and honestly, when it started, like the, when it really started was in 2008, I um, had an internship uh, with NBC Universal for the 2008 Summer Olympics in Beijing. And I don't know if you have been to China or been in Asia at all, but if you're a new traveler, like it's 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 mind blowing. It is right to go over there and just see a world that's completely different than your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I really fell in love with traveling and just seeing things and, and opening up that horizon and just things that are different to what I've always known. Um, so that was 2008. And then I came back and like worked for Frida. I went to Greece. I went to Italy, like here and there. And I just got to a point that I was like, I just want to do this nonstop. Like I, I want to do this consistently. And I okay. have, and I have, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So you left Frito Lay to mm-hmm. travel. Yeah. To travel. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. So, so what was your plan? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know you said that you um, worked with an organization to go to 18 countries within a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but within that plan, was there a plan in relation to your your art? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I launched my second album in 2016. I left the country January 2017. So I wanted to get that second album completed. And this was when I was like in that crazy job where I was traveling all the time. So it was like anytime I was here, I was in the studio, um, you know, just going at going at it to get it mm-hmm. done. So I launched it like December of 2016 and then left for Ecuador. 2017 January with my product in my hand. So like I've carried my product to 38 countries. Um, and it is amazing to one to like sell a CD to somebody who doesn't speak English and they just like your delivery. Um, two to resonate with people who do speak English in another world in another right. realm. Um, right. because it's one thing for your friends or your family or people that know you and love you to say like, yo, that was dope. I loved it. But to go to another place, a foreign land, and be so well received was—it's unparalleled. Yeah, it's unparalleled. Yeah. Before we get fully into the travel part, so because yeah. you jump right into album number two. Yeah. <laughs> what year was album number one, and what yeah. kind of album is it? Yeah. So the first album um, is called My Heart's Beat. I released it in 2014. That's my mm-hmm. baby, right? Because I worked really hard on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cool thing is one of my coworkers at Frito-Lay produced it. Like he was just getting into producing. I was trying to get my first album done. We did it together, like our first project together. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I released it at Warm Wednesdays in Baltimore, which was at the time the longest running open right. mic, right? Yeah. Um, Walt brought Walter Maxfield, he um, hosted, you know, extended out to me, hey, come through if you want to do your release here, no problem. So I did my release at Warm Wednesdays. Um, And then 2016 is Ember. And Ember is a small piece of coal that Mm. continues to burn in a dying fire. So it's like you're at your last, you can still reignite that flame. You can still rise, you know. Um, So that was, that's Ember. So yeah, I'm working on album number three. yeah. Okay, to be released, yeah, 2021. Okay, okay, yeah. all right. So now we're traveling. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're in Ecuador, and uh, mm-hmm. so so. I right, and but not only that, 
you 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 did it very smart, mm. right? Um, so you're vlogging along with your travels yeah. and you're taking people with you basically. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and and that's uh where can they find that? Like where can they find your your journey? Yep. So um just the vessel poetry.com and that has all of my travel vlogs, um, all of my poetry videos. Um, and I'll talk to you more about that. Like I did three international poetry videos while I was abroad. Um, my product with like, like the t-shirt, the apparel line that I started. Um, if you want to get the album, all of that's on, on the website. So, Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Good stuff. Go ahead, Jay. A uh, quick question for you, because as, as you are growing and evolve as an artist, uh, I know a lot, a lot of uh, self-talk changes, you know what I'm saying, as you develop. Um, what are some things that you uh, had to keep telling yourself to keep going and get through these hurdles you had to get through to get to the stage that you are now? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um, I would say the biggest thing really was say what you want until you see what you said. Mm. That's one of my favorite quotes that, that I say to myself. Um, because you have to really believe, I mean, even people that don't necessarily mean to can sometimes be naysayers like along your journey, um, just because they're concerned about you, they love you, things are uncertain. Um, so you have to really say what you want until you see what you said and really go after it unapologetically, right? And so when I quit my job in 2017, I don't recommend this, just <laughs> let me put that out, but I didn't have another job um, lined up. Mm. And it's just that faith, like that leap of faith where you kind of get to a point where you're like, I, it's now or never. Right? Yeah. I sold my car. I we rented out, rented out the place. Um, you know, I literally own I have one backpack and one suitcase that I've like, traveled with for the last three years. And that's where comes the minimalism movement. Right. Like mm. about stuff or is it really about experiences? Mm. You know, um, so, yeah, it was definitely a mind shift. And it was tough. I'm not going to say it was always easy and everything was great. Like I was in Ecuador and Chile really looking for a job, like for the first two months. Mm. And then I got a remote job in um, Uruguay once I got to Uruguay. And then I've had a remote work ever since then, thankfully. Um, and then you also have to be open to expanding out, getting outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Right? So I was always in sales for eight years. And so I went and got my TEFL so I could teach English. I've never used it. But I haven't, right? Like I was able to find remote work in sales, but if I ever needed to do something different, nice. I had the TEFL. Even yeah. still in sales, but I just got my digital marketing certificate just in case. Like That's I good. need to have stuff in my pocket <laughs> just That's in case. Yeah. yeah, you're gaining, you're gaining artillery, right? Um, and skills. Um, um, I, I moved after college. I moved to South Korea, mm. South Korea for a year. Okay. Uh, I, I had the same feeling, you know, when I graduated from college, you know, moved back to DC and I was just like, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, you know, this was 2007 and um, in the middle of it, it was when the great recession hit and, you know, I wasn't feeling it cause I was over there, you know, and uh, uh, everybody was telling me about it. Um, but you know, I was enjoying life, man. I, I, I felt like I was, just flying, you know, and and while I was there, um, just out and about, because I was teaching English, I went there to teach English um, at an actual school, what they call a a hogwan, where they teach English to children. Um, but I had side gigs because when I would go to the bank, the CEO or the staffers would ask me to help them speak English. Mm. And they'll they'll pay me on the side, and like it was it was crazy, you know, because education and learning English is the number one market over there. Mm-hmm. You know, if they if they don't learn English, it's it's but so far that they can go, right? You know, uh, in business and whatever else. So um, I, I can definitely relate to that. Uh, when I got off that plane, I was like, okay, this is happening. <laughs> this is happening, yo. Yeah. You know, and that jet lag kicked in too. <laughs> it's crazy. It I'm, is. Uh, in Ecuador, I got really sick, and I think really? it was just like my like the change, like my body, like whoa, hold on, you know, right. 
what's happening here? Yeah, so I was like, oh, I'm not gonna make, like that's probably the first time in my life, like I really thought I was gonna die. Wow. <laughs> like, I was yeah. a really sick. Yeah, but only it only lasted for like three days, but three days when you're not- Only three days. Right, <laughs> you're really not feeling well. But after that, it was, everything was, was smooth sailing. So we spent like four months in South America, four months in Europe, and then four months in Asia. So it was, uh, it was a nice, nice ride. Okay. All right. So where does the art come in with these travels? Yeah, for sure. So anywhere I went, I was looking for events and I, I performed in every country that I visited. Um, and everybody was super friendly. It was not as hard as a lot of people think um, to to get on stage, to make these relationships. And like I told you before, I did three international videos. So the way I did that was literally just reaching out right. uh, on Facebook seeing you know what's the videographer in the, in mm -hmm. the area um i worked with a guy in argentina on my first um international video and mm -hmm. then i worked with a, a hungarian a native hungarian a videographer in budapest and um we became friends we're still friends she took wow. me to her lake house and like amazing experience um and then the final video was in ho chi minh in vietnam and it was actually recorded by a gentleman from france who lives in Ho Chi Minh and helps Vietnamese learn French. And, uh, but he speaks English and we did the video together and it, it you know, wow. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Where yeah. did you find the events? Well, you said Facebook, right? Yeah, Facebook, um, any way I could. Instagram, Facebook, reaching out. Um, I would like, especially when I got to London, like I lived in London for a year and a half. So like 28, all of 2018, I was, I was living in London. Um, and you know, I would just reach out to people that are in, that are in the area. And then it's like one, one person leads to another person. And then you mm -hmm. finally get to that one. That's kind of like the plug. Yeah. That's like if somebody popped up into DC and they're like, where do I find poetry? And they might get them to one or two people. They might tell them about bus boys and it's somehow your mm -hmm. name pops in and you can connect them to every single poetry event in the city. So yeah. like kind of digging and digging until I found that person that could connect me in that city that I was in. Gotcha. Um, a lot of work for sure, but definitely always worth it. Right. 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 So now, so have you found, because now you're an, obviously an international artist, hmm. have you found that you're able to, because you have such an extensive and unique resume, um, have you found that you're able to, again, getting back to the bag, <laughs> uh, have you have you found that you've been able to now kind of boost your price up with showing them all of what you've done? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I yeah. still keep it humble. Right. Like if it's a volunteer, if it's yeah. kids oh. poetry, I'm going to be there and like, you know, whatever you can donate. That's perfect. That's great. Yeah. But yeah, no, to ask, like if somebody that I know is reaching out and asking questions, yeah, I've performed in 38 countries. Like absolutely the price is going to be going to be higher. Right. Um, and so it's kind of cool to see the, the growth of yourself, right. From doing stuff to get exposure mm. all the way to what you're charging now and being mm -hmm. on that, that bigger stage that you, that you prayed for. Right. That's good. Yeah, that's good stuff. I like it. Well, tell me, go ahead, Jay. Now, I say, what's no, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I could probably fit in as that's the conference flow. I was going to ask about your um, your t shirt line. When did you start that? So, this is uh, super new. Um, last year, I started same shirt, different country, and same shirt, DC is the um handle that you can connect with me on that's on my instagram and my um website as well on just the vessel mm -hmm. but uh yeah it's like so we sell t-shirts we sell tank tops and hoodies um we're gonna launch a new one it's coming soon uh mm -hmm. for everything that's going on right now so mm -hmm. i don't give too much away but for everything that's going on right now we do have like a dope design because obviously same shirt different country everybody's at home right so we have a couple ideas <laughs> that we're working yeah. on um, that will be more applicable to 2020. Um, but yeah, so I started it last year. Um, like I said, it's fairly new, but we're, I'm super excited um, about it. I have a co-founder um, from Colombia. Um, she's actually from the States, but we met in Medellin and when I was living out there. And so like literally I was like, man, we should just have same shirt, different country. 
like we should mm. put that on a shirt. And I was like, yeah, we should, you know. And it's really if you see me on on Instagram or anywhere, I'm mm -hmm. we're we're promoting it as the minimalism movement, right? Because yeah. it's really about pushing people to. It doesn't matter like what you have on. You're in a different country. Like yeah. what are your priorities? I'm not saying like don't be clean or presentable. Right. But, you know. Yeah. No, I understand. I'm over here. I'm familiar. I'm familiar with the movement. Yeah, for sure. Like you yeah. know, I'm not really a shoe guy. Any, I used to be when I was young. When I was younger, but you know, shoes thirty, forty dollars. I don't care. Like you know, uh, it's really like you said about uh, you know uh, experiences um, and being being able to afford experiences. Right. You're spending all your money on clothes. Right. You know, and like you said, you're in a different country. They don't care that that you got a Kuji or whatever brand right. shirt you have on. You know what I mean? You know, so I get it. That's that's good, and it's a conver conversation starter too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the the motto is like pack less, travel more. Not there. You go. There you go. That's good. <laughs> Jay, go ahead, Jay. Um, he actually got to it. The whole minimalist movement. Um, as far as the philosophy. As it relates to your art, because that is a question I want I want to start asking our guests. Um, do you prefer longer pieces or shorter pieces to get your message across? Ooh, that's that's ooh. So when I first started, it was like they were super long, right? Like most, I think newer mm. poems, just kind of like spilling your whole heart. Like, let me read my whole diary for you, right? <laughs> um, and then as you grow and start to evolve, you start to make things more concise but more impactful. Like it's gonna. Mm. Say what you want until you see what you said. Boom. Yeah. Like walk off the stage. Right. Mm -hmm. so I think it's um I they used to be about five minutes, five to five and a half minutes long. Now most of my poems are no more than three. Mm. So what I'm saying is packing a punch, right? So because with the day and age that we're in, you're not gonna hold anybody's attention span. You could be right. killing it. You could be saying right. much, but after minute two and a half, they're probably checking Instagram or doing something right. else. So, right. um, yeah, as I've evolved, learning how to kind of shorten it and make what I'm saying more impactful and take out some of that fluff. That's just, you know, is it really necessary? Yeah. So how so what have you learned um, in relation to um, performing in other countries? Like, what's the difference? How have you had to change your performance? You know, like, how do you read your crowd in another country? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's similar, right? Like energy is energy, regardless of where yeah. you are. Yeah. Um, people are actually super, super supportive, super nice. It really is making sure that that um, one that it's okay, right? Like, is it okay to get on stage, or am I going to be welcome here? Like, I've done mm -hmm. like hopped up on at a, on a stage in Prague, just random, like you know. But I felt the energy. They were like, "Yeah, come up." You know, hopped on a stage in Thailand, started singing and doing pieces with the guys. And um, I think the craziest thing was in Vietnam, there's like a backpacker road. And I had no idea. But like this gentleman, he like hosts a karaoke every like weekend mm -hmm. on tourist like backpacker road. And there's like seats outside on the street. Everybody's having a good time. Apparently he's like famous in Vietnam and I didn't know. I just was like, hey, can I get on the mic? <laughs> so he's like, yeah, go ahead. So we start beatboxing and singing and the crowd is going crazy. Right. And we had like half a million views on YouTube because he was famous in Vietnam. I was like, wow. oh, that's amazing. So really it's, it's energy. And yeah. you are like just if you feel like it's a warm environment, perfect. If you don't, just keep it moving and find mm. that's going to welcome you, you know, better. But I haven't had any like really negative experiences, to be honest, like performing abroad. Um, the mm. only tough thing sometimes is like people can't speak English. Ah. And so it does make me like my, I am practicing Spanish. My Spanish is pretty good. Like most of the countries yeah. I've been in, like Spanish countries, I can get around, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. I do want to like learn some of my poems in Spanish and think that yeah. That would be like mm. next level, yeah. At the very least, incorporate some into some of the pieces that you mm. already have, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. Kind of, kind of tie them in and make them feel comfortable right. with your performance, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
that's good. And then it's just finding familiarity to where you are. So like um, one of my friends in in Medellin, um, and he passed away this this year. Like rest in peace. Mm. Wow. Um, set me up with the event in Medellin. Like it was, I think, the Fourth of July. It was for expats. So. It seems to a lot of us, it seems foreign like that we're traveling. But in my circle of friends, it's quite quite common that everyone's yeah. running around the world. Right. And I have friends all over the world right now, and it's it's nothing for me to say, "What's up?" Oh, I'm going to yeah. eat tomorrow. Okay, like that's cool. <laughs> um, right. So there's a there there's also expat communities um, in each of these locations where you can connect with like minded people, connect with English speakers, and 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 also work with them as well. Yeah. Like right. we're we're gonna do a you know, an open mic event in, in Chiang Mai or in yeah. Medellin or, you know, so he set me up with that. And um, yeah, so it's just honestly, everything involves with people and networking yeah. and, and building a strong network like around yourself. Yeah. So your network is crazy right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's awesome. Let me ask you. So, you know, I remember when I, when I came back from, from Seoul, from South Korea, it was just, first of all, when I came back, it was in the dead center of the recession and I couldn't find a job to save my life. You know, my goal was to, to head back and just, you know, be across the country, um, uh, across the world, I mean. And, um, but then, you know, I, I met my my then, um, well, my, my now wife. Mm-hmm. And so um, kids and all and all that good stuff. And so like, we're kind of just, like waiting for our kids to get older and go old enough so we could just go go back you know what i'm saying and and how does it feel because you've been traveling for how many years now uh three three Mm-mm. like yeah. straight for the most part just yeah. well i kind of pause so like okay 17 i went to 18 countries right and then, um i i lived in london like for a year like 2018 i lived in london um, and then 2019 was back. I was like Spain, Morocco, Portugal, Colombia, Mexico, like, you know, Scotland, Barcelona, like running around again, Amsterdam. Right. But um, and then this year, of course, I was headed to like Peru. I wanted to go to Estonia and Lithuania, which are like um, developing digital nomad cities to note. So like there's a lot that are very popular. Medellin is very popular now. Chiang Mai is right. Popular. Split Croatia is very popular. Like when you're in the community, there are certain uh, locations that everybody gets to. So I wanted to start touching like Estonia and Georgia and Lithuania and some of the ones that are a little bit more off the beaten path. Because as a seasoned traveler, now I know like how to make my own accommodations, how to be safe. Yeah. What to look in a, you know, even traveling solo, like I know what to look for, where to be, mm-hmm. how to get there, all those things. Um, so that's what I was going to do this year. And then also, Get more to the motherland, right? Of mm, course. Like, I went yeah. to Ghana and like I've been to Morocco, which they don't even count. Like if you tell somebody that <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, if they ask you, like, have you been to Africa and you say you've been in Morocco, oh, they're, like, like, yeah. they're like roll their eyes. Because to <laughs> them, it's like it's the northernmost point of Africa. So it's more like an extension of Europe for them. Oh. Like right next to the Canary Islands of Spain. So for them, they're like. It's in our continent, but you know, right? Like Ghana, Nigeria, Kenya, like, yeah. So, yeah, I want to get to the, want to get to uh, South Africa and um, all these places. I want to go everywhere, and that's like that's my problem. <laughs> I want to go everywhere. So, so how does it feel being? I don't say stuck, but like you know, bound. <laughs> how does it feel you know because when i got home i was like oh man i love my now wife but i want to go yeah <laughs> you so, know so how does it feel um it's actually all right you know so my sister and i were born on the same day we're two years old, right. which is my favorite person in the world so i'm stuck with her um so it's like the very best scenario that I could ever ask for, like to be with my sister. Um, And then even in 2017, I didn't come home like the whole year. Um, And so I vowed that I wouldn't do that again. So like 2018, I lived in London, but I came home three times. 2019, I came home three times. Mm. Um, And just to make, you know, because my family is really important to me as well. And my my parents are in Colorado, my sister's in Virginia. Um, So yeah, but to answer your question, like I've just taken it in stride. Right. It is what it is. We are here. 
I'm enjoying family time this year. I, I took a road trip already to Colorado. She and I drove t- 26 hours <sighs> to Colorado um, and 26 hours back <laughs> from Colorado. Um, I have some friends in Atlanta. I've stopped in Indiana, Ohio, St. Louis. So I, like this year, I'm not doing anything. Like all the places are closed, but it's like having time to like travel, see friends and family. It's just a family time. And then, like I told you, I was doing my digital marketing course in like the last four months or so. So it's like staying busy, staying productive, yeah. right? I'm revamping my website, growing my Instagram, getting my digital marketing certification. I still work. I work 40 hours. People don't think that because they just see all the fun places I am all the time. But I, I do have to fund those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I work 40 hours a week, just like, but I've just been working remotely for three and a half years. So, so what's your role now? What do you, you said IT, right? So I'm in sales. Yeah. For a tech okay. company. Yeah. So we, it's like an online tech bootcamp where we help people like accelerate their tech career. So if they're doing something different and they want to get into tech, they could come to our bootcamp, take a course, um, and then change the trajectory of the career. Like we set them up with a career coach after, and they help them like find placement. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been really cool. Keeps me busy. It's fun. I can work anywhere in the world and do it as long as I have Wi-Fi and Beautiful. I, I can't complain. <laughs> yeah. So your job knows what, what you do as far as traveling and all of that. So they're, they, they've green lit everything. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how did you, so obviously it was intentional. You, 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 you wanted to find a job remotely absolutely to 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 help you and allow you to continue to travel um and so i would imagine with covid right now that there are a plethora of remote positions mm-hmm. out there because companies still got to keep moving right. and working right and so so how how can a poet become an international poet um and do what you're doing yeah that's i mean it's really getting your figuring out what you want to do in addition, yeah. if, if you don't feel like, okay, if you are if you don't have like a publicist that's putting you on and getting you enough money that you need to, to be where you are, especially in Europe, right? Like the Euro is higher than the dollar. If you go to London, that's the pound. The pound is almost two times the dollar, right? So you, wow. you, Tokyo is the yen. That's really up there. So you need to make money. You need to make substantial money. You also want to be saving while right. you're doing all this and having fun. Um, I'm super huge on like savings and no debt and all of that as well. Um, but it's finding the skill, <clears throat> excuse me. So like determining what you want to do. One, what do you want to do? How are you going to do it? Two, like if you want to work remotely, that's fine. But what are your skill sets then? Mm. Are you good at this? And if you're not good at anything except physical um, positions, then you need to get a skill that's going to mm. allow you to do a remote job. Good. Right? Good. And once you get your remote job, the sky is the limit. As yeah. long as you have Wi-Fi, you can work anywhere. And there's so many people doing it. And then even people that don't prefer working for somebody else, that's fine. You can learn digital marketing, learn and mm. bring on social media clients, help grow yeah. their social media, help grow their, revamp their website. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's there's... Cool. There's so many different avenues that, that people can take to do what they love and still eat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And be yeah. comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. What gave you that strength to not listen to one to your boss? Um, <laughs> but I'm sure that you got it from friends and family too. Yes. Yes, I mean my friend, my friends and family were super supportive because okay. they knew I was gonna do it anyway. So it's right. like you might as well. <laughs> get on board. Back. Get on board. Like you can come. My sister came to Ecuador and Argentina. Um, my mom came to Thailand to nice. visit. So like I didn't come home that year, but they came like and visited and stuff like that in 2017. But um, I mean the strength is there's something in you. There's yeah. something in you. Like people tell me, I would love to do what you do. I would love. To. How do you No, You don't. You don't want to. No, you don't. Because if you really yeah. wanted to, you would figure out the how. Like there's too many people doing it. Mm. You can't be one of them. Yeah. Period. And yeah. Then my, now the other thing, too, to know is that people see my Instagram now and they hear my story now. 
and not realize like I did work for a Fortune 50 company for eight consecutive years. And I did save during that time. I did put aside to be comfortable to take that leap. So you have to plan. It wasn't like I just woke up or just graduated from college and said, I'm going to go travel the world for three and a half years. Right. Like there was preparation. So you're going to take that leap, but you got to look down. You got to calculate how deep it is. Can you make the landing? Right. Prepare for that jump. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what that's where people don't they don't catch that. Right. You know, they they know they they felt the Lord tell them something. Right. They they didn't hear the part where, well, I need you to prepare. I need you to prepare first. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, that's good. Um, You know, I, I, I just really want people to see, you know, because most times. Yeah. Most times you can't you can't do what you don't see. You can't be what you don't see. And so that's why that's why we bring people on that are actually doing it and Mm -hmm. have done it and can tell the story. You know, we don't you know, if if there's a person that's doing something and they're not willing to explain it, you know, we we don't you're not getting that invite. Right. If you You know, yeah, yeah, the why behind the what and the how as well but yeah it's, it's a lot it takes a lot of preparation and a lot of sacrifice right yeah, like someone says, oh, do what you do and i was like okay let's talk about it yeah i can get you one in my company i'll tell you oh i you only you only have three pairs of shoes i can't live without my jordans and all and then you, you the, all this stuff starts un- unraveling and like yeah you know you might have to eat different food when you're over there they don't have this i don't yeah. think i can make it without that type of cereal and you're like do you really because right. one thing about vacationing and there's another person that actually travels those are very different people there's nothing wrong with people that vacation right you want to go on a cruise and relax and get away and unwind that is fine yeah you want to go and live and grocery shop there and meet the locals and get into their art scene and i want to live there i want to experience a place and there's like i said there's nothing wrong with being a person that vacations even amongst my friends there's different there's differences. I have friends that live in a van and I couldn't do it because I need, I like to shower. All the time. <laughs> right? There's friends that stay in hostels to like have lower, I've stayed in some hostels before, but like yeah. before, no, I'm not staying in, in a lot of hostels. Like I want a nice Airbnb that is mine, that is safe, that, mm. you know, so everybody kind of gets into, one of my friends likes to stay places for a year. So I go for like a month, two months, right. and stay for a year. Cause she really wants to get it. Yeah. So everybody is different and everybody, you know, kind of, you can figure out where your groove is. Um, there's families that travel, people travel with their children, you mm-hmm. see them backpacking and they got the kids strapped on. And, you know, sometimes yeah. that's myth. Like I, we have to wait for 20 years until our kids are gone. And then you're trying to climb up the caldera and grease holding your back because right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like kids can travel too. Kids can, or they can stay with auntie until you like right. and, and have that experience. So yeah. there's so many ways now to do so much that like no excuse. If you really want to do it, what are you doing about it? Right? Yeah. What's so? What if that, what has your new mindset? What is what has your traveling um, done for your pen? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, like I said, it's definitely changed. And it's really cool because um, while I'm also performing in other countries, I'm I'm taking in. Right. Right. Like there's amazing poets in London. Um, I've been all around the States. I've been all around the world. Mm-hmm. And I would say like the DMV in Baltimore is still really high up on like talent and just pure like amazingness in this area. Sure. London is is right there. Like London is level from a talent perspective. Um, with artists. And so just taking in and then also seeing different styles, right? Because, you know, sometimes you'll hear one poet and then another poet sounds kind of like them or they have that similar cadence. But when right. you go to like Ireland and you go to London and you hear these different cadence and, and different terms, even we all speak English, but I don't say massive or like chess, right. you know, yeah, yeah. different terms. So yeah, it does widen your horizons. It gives you different ideas on like how you can approach it. Like I'm really excited to to see what's birthed. Like in album three, I have some tracks written. I have five tracks written so far. 
Um, but it definitely, you can see the evolution of just the vessel from 2014 to 2021, you know? Yeah. 20, yeah. Are you incorporating any of your colleagues from here and there? Um, Not yet, but I would. Yeah. Like I said, I still have a couple more tracks to do and I definitely would. Like I've met some really amazing um, talent around the world. There's one um, gal in Italy, her name is uh, Matiska, and she's an amazing artist. Like you name it. She's like tapping the tambourine, playing the piano, moves over, gets the bass, singing, you name it, right? And just all over Italy. And so, you know, for a while I was doing um, the artist connection. I don't do it anymore. I still help mm -hmm. poets, like if they want to travel. And it was really to bridge the gap to show poets that it's not difficult. It's not as difficult as you think to yeah. perform internationally in life. So I, I helped a London poet, um, his name was Roe. I helped him perform um, in nine cities. I booked him 25 shows in nine cities in the States. And for him, that was big because he's from London. So he's performing internationally when he right. comes here. Um, right. And it was all about connections. It was literally me hitting up friends and saying, hey, I've got a friend from London. And he paid me for that because during that time, I was like consulting people on to book gigs internationally. Um, so that was pretty cool. I stopped doing it because I just felt like I didn't know, I couldn't promise um, mm. audience. Right. I can get you on the stage. I know what shows are going on. I have friends in these locations. I cannot guarantee that the audience is going to be where you want it to be. And I can't guarantee that if it's an unpaid gig, that you're going to be bought out with your product. And so, you know, if you want, he wanted it for exposure, so it worked, but I couldn't figure out how to make it like a model um, just yet when it comes to like guaranteeing yeah. an audience every single time in every single place. Got it. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Jay, you got something? Are you still who? So, <laughs> so <laughs> I what happened? No, I, I work out um, probably about six days a week. Like, like mental health, mental, physical, spiritual health is all very important to me. Um, so I do, I work out six days a week, but I, uh, I don't play basketball as much. Now, if you, if I go on the court, it's going to happen. Like, <laughs> the muscle memory is there. <laughs> um, but no, I don't, I don't play as frequently as I used to, no. Okay. <laughs> Where'd you get your name from? Uh, it's, you know, I've had it myself forever now. It's, it's still, it feels like forever and I guess, I don't know, I just came with it one day. I was like, I'm just the vessel he uses. Like, no more, no less. I'm just the vessel, you know? That's, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even know when it happened now. Like, I'm getting old, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find any churches out there? Um, yeah, that's funny you ask. I went to, so everywhere you go is uh, a different experience, right? Mm -hmm. So um, in Bali, when I lived in Bali, they're Hindu. Um, so they burn incense. Um, five times a day um, to their their gods. And um, I didn't like get involved with it, but I just really respected it. So anytime, mm -hmm. you know, you see them out there burning incense or anything, you just say a prayer, you you know, kind of touch mm -hmm. and agree um, with them. And then they have mm -hmm. like this, uh, pyramids of chi. So it's a sound room. So you go into this pyramid and it's like completely pitch black. And he's like, there's sound going on. So they're hitting the gongs. They're hitting the drums, and I I fell asleep. Like you, it's so crazy that you just like fall asleep. That, You're that in kind of like rim trance type of sleep. Um, but they're very like they practice a lot of like mindfulness out there. So mm -hmm. a lot of that in Asia, they don't really have a, a, a ton of um, Christian um, locations to go. So I'm sure you know like being in, mm -hmm. in Korea, but I mean Korea probably has a, a lot of Christianity is pretty yeah. heavy in, in yeah. yeah. But like in Thailand, no. In Bali, no. Um, Vietnam, not really. Yeah. And I was in um, Tokyo as well, which is not. Um, and then when I lived in Budapest, I was actually going to a Catholic church. Um, I went to like this basilica and there was a, a priest uh, from Africa. And Africa is a continent I do know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I don't remember what uh, country in Africa he was mm -hmm. from. Um, but he was the preacher uh, or the priest in that Catholic church. So that was really cool. Um, and then let me think, yeah, I've, I've definitely gone like to different, different worship experiences around the world and that widens your horizons as well. Yeah, it does. 
Yeah. Some of the most beautiful people that you've met don't look like you anymore. And that does something to your psyche and to what you've always been told is wrong or right. It does something to you when you see so many beautiful people that don't look like you. Yeah. Yeah. And don't and don't praise like you or don't praise the same mm -hmm. God like you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, did you find yourself um, finding like an online uh, church or or? What, what, what did that look like for you? How did you kind of stay centered in, in your faith? Yeah. So for me, like I said, it's a lot of mindfulness, a lot of meditation and like yoga and getting into all those things and then practicing that physical, like just physically working out helps me kind of stay centered in general, regardless of where I am. Right. Um, and then too, I, I go to Kingdom Fellowship. I uh, used to be Reed Temple AME. I was the church yeah. poet at Reed Temple um, while I was in, while I was living here. Uh, which is a big deal, right? That's like 10,000 members that you're sharing yeah. with. So that was like a big stage for me uh, when I first started. Um, but yeah, so they they have an online ministry. They changed the name to Kingdom Fellowship AME now. And so I'll, right. in, yeah, I'll tune into, like when I'm traveling and stuff, I'll sometimes tune into to Kingdom Fellowship as well. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, um, I did a COVID poem uh, for them uh, this Easter, for Easter. Mm -hmm. Resurrection. Really? Sunday slash kind of Corona <laughs> poem for them. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So um, how, how, and, and we can close it out real soon, but I, I want to ask you, how did you, or how have you been able to like pivot? Um, you know, cause you were about to ship off somewhere, you know, and, and so how did you pivot and keep your art, keep your poetry career flowing and going? Yeah, it's really just not not um, resting on your loins, to be honest. I mean, when you get there, like, okay, if you're somewhere for a month, it sounds like a long time, but it's not. Like, the, the moment I land, I know where the nearest metro, bus station, grocery store, gym, uh, and then start looking at events going on in my area, start connecting with people in and around the city. Like, you have to do all of that stuff quickly. You can't get there and lollygag and walk right. around and because it's gonna you're gonna look up and two weeks have passed and you've got two weeks left and you're not gonna make any significant connections in that time. So mm. it's really like staying diligent, um, being open to opportunities. I've had so many opportunities happen that I didn't even know. Even like my friend in Medellin that I mentioned, we were just having breakfast and he was like, we should do a gig here. We should do a show in Colombia mm. for the Afro Colombians. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Right. So it's really yeah. about making those connections early and quick. And then you say pivoting, like pivoting is a traveler's yeah. name. Right. Because that flight gets delayed. Uh, um, nothing ever works. <laughs> right. Exactly how you think it's going to work. Maybe this airport is different. The, the They move slow in this country. So you miss the bus. Uh, so many things happen all the time. So like as a traveler, you have to be able to pivot, to go with the flow, to handle a change when it happens yeah. and smile still. Yeah. Grateful for the present moment, whatever that present moment looks like, you have to learn how to be grateful for the present moment. Gotcha. Gotcha. Where do you see yourself from here? I mean, mm. are you saying like in travel, just in general? Like your trajectory as far as just the vessel you know um i know like uh um because of COVID, it kind of altered some things you yeah. know what i mean um but with it here because it is reality how do you see yourself moving forward yeah i mean i'm just gonna take it all in stride i had a good i've had a good time thus far like spending time with family and friends taking my road trips like i don't get to drive a lot when i'm overseas i'm always on public yeah. transit so yeah I love driving. There's nothing, there's no better feeling than windows down, music up, riding out, mask off. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so just taking it in stride, really. Like, yeah, I definitely want to continue my travels once I can. Yeah. Um, I'm also a seasoned traveler and I'm not going to be the first person on a flight when things open up because you have to be mindful that a lot of these economies rely heavily on tourism. So they haven't seen tourists for six plus months. So when they see tourists, they may be very aggressive. They oh. may be, um, you, yeah, <laughs> looking at Jay Rob. Yeah. 
He's like, yeah. So you have to be mindful about these things. Like, yeah, I want to travel just as bad as the next person, but you have to be very mindful about where you're going, how tourism affected their economy. Um, think about it. When you go on vacation, all these places you've been, all the booths and entrepreneurs that you meet, these people have not been able to eat or haven't had the supplemental support for mm. seven months. I don't want to be the first per- tourist that they see when I'm you know, back out right. there. Also, being an American, we're we're leading the world in cases. It's not it's not as cool like back in the day. It was really cool to say you were an American. It's not received as well right mm. now because of the state of our country. It's not received as well right now because our our leader in this yeah. country, right. Um, yeah. So you do have to be quite mindful. So yeah, as bad as I want to get back out there, I'm definitely going to be smart about it, and I would admonish everybody else to do the same and just yeah. do your research know where you're staying, know where you're going, go with the group. Like, you know, some of the things that you're going to have to take until the world settles down again. So for me, taking all this drive, continuing to learn and grow. Um, I got the digital marketing certificate. Maybe I'll do another course. You know, I've I've been reading. I got Audible. You know, I'm I'm doing it all. Yeah, Yeah, I love it. Yeah. 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 You're 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 um, encapsulating your your passion for travel and your art. Right. And you're doing what it takes to keep that rolling without any without any interruptions. For sure. I can appreciate just, that. Like once again, being grateful for the present moment. You couldn't have told me a year ago that I couldn't go anywhere I wanted to go, whenever I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. No way would I have believed you. And then yeah. no way would I've ever believed that the United States would be blacklisted in Europe. That seven, that 30, 40 other countries residents can walk into Europe and the US is not one of them. So like it's 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 interesting times right now that we're that we're living in. But I'm grateful that I've been to 38 countries. I look forward to going to more, but right now I'm okay with sitting still and just working on myself. And and I'm gonna be mm. like when the time comes for me to get back out there again. Album number three, when is it dropping? Do you know? I don't have a definitive date, but definitely okay. I'm going to say 2021 and we'll, okay. yeah, 2021 for sure. And we'll, of yeah. course, I'll put it on the website, my Instagram, you know, all of the places once I have a, a more definitive timeline for it. But yeah, definitely working on it, though. Well, when it does drop, we want you to come back to the Poet Life podcast. All right. Um, in the meantime, everybody go to justavesselpoetry.com. <laughs> Do it now. Um, if, if not just for the art, uh, her journey and, and, and study what she's doing and, and figure out how you can do it as well. That's what, that's what, that's what we're doing this podcast for. You know, we, we, we bring people on that, that, that will share their journey, their information and, and give it to you. Um, and that's what this platform is for, man. Um, just a vessel, man. You, this, I, you know, I've been waiting on this conversation for a good while, you know. So I, I, I was really, really excited when you agreed, and um, um, you brought it. You know, the information is here now, and um, I believe on August tenth, um, you will. Your, your this episode will have already been dropped, and uh, four days, four days later, um, August fourteenth is that Friday of the same week where um, the Poet Life Masterclass with Just a Vessel. Um, so you'll be able to go to thepoetlife.com and register for that class. We'll make sure that is ready um, by the end of this weekend so you can register for that class where she can uh, go into even deeper context to how she's done what she's done, um, how you can do it, um, the different resources she's used, what she's using right now, um, what she's doing during this COVID period to keep things moving, um, the different classes she's taken to to uh, insulate her desire for travel, because um, that's key. Mm-hmm. Uh, J-Rod D, go ahead, jump in, man. At this point, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like stuck on some of the last things you said as far as just um what led you to do what you do and then what's keeping you in, in like proper maintenance right like keeping that thing going mm. um so i'm i have a lot to like look forward to um this week because like with these guests I always reflect over the episode and look back at the things i wrote down and stuff like that so 
I'm looking forward to going over there with some of my friends too because we're talking about traveling and getting out right. just outside of the states. You know what I'm saying? Um, I didn't know that Europe. I mean, uh, Europe had its blacklisted though. It's, I it's, didn't know it's, that either. COVID, correct? Yeah. Just yeah, right I now, I mean, I'm sure that's gonna lift. Like that's definitely gonna lift. But um, right now, yeah, you know, like we can't go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right now, um, while we're being dumb about things right we're not allowed to, to right. go and, and i respect that decision right because until yeah. we get it under control you know they've gotten theirs under control they were very strict they were more strict than us they were more obedient with like following the rules and so they've got it under control so they're like until you guys can get it together you can't come and that's you're, even in, time, exactly. you're in time out you're in time. Yeah, I, understand. <laughs> I understand that yeah. like it originated last question, last question. and they're not even question, question. they're like no yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, last wow. question for I have for you. Um, what are you reading currently? Yes. Yeah, so I just finished. What did I just finish? Grit. I just okay. finished Grit. Mm-hmm. And it's really just it's just about digging in and what it takes to keep moving. Okay. In spite of right, because life is gonna throw you some punches. It's gonna throw you a lot of hits but but how do you get back up how do you still drive after that so i just finished grit um i've read indistractable which is mad like major key (laughs) here and with everything happening like how do you keep your inner peace with so much chaos going around and you don't want to feel guilty for not all you know post everything posted being Black Lives Matter, like, yes, you do care. Do you want to be the angry black person every day? Or do you still yeah, want to yeah, yeah. Black joy is still a form of resistance. Smile today. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because it is heavy. I'm not saying not to feel it, but it is super heavy. So it's like, how do you maintain that inner peace? Um, so yeah, indistractable grit, um, the subtle art of not giving up. Uh, mm. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I heard that book. I think a, I have, actually have that book. Yeah, I've read it yet. It's a really good book. Um, especially for somebody that's like really that you you care so much about a lot. It's a good book to just pick up sometimes and go, yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna relax on that. So um yeah, those are a couple. And I the one I wanna read in September is coming out, it's called Think Like a Monk. It's by Jay yeah. Shetty. Um he used to be a monk and now he's an inspirational speaker. Yeah. In the book. And I'm very just along the same lines we were talking about, like you know, learning from people that don't look like you, definitely interested to hear. Um, yeah. I think monks are so interesting and so yeah. disciplined. Um, so I'm really excited about reading that book as well. That's dope. That's lit. That's lit. That's, That's awesome. Cool. If you could leave something for the people, what would you say? Say what you want mm. until you see what you say. Uh-huh. That's beautiful. That's perfect. See what you, see what you see. It, It's it's speaking things into existence. So, period. Yeah. In a nutshell, but just said much better. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, sometimes you get a poetic flavor, somebody <laughs> super sauce to it. Yeah, that's good. Um, Justin Vessel, thank you so much. We really thank appreciate you, you um, carving out some time to to spend with us. Uh, we will definitely have you back on when uh, album number three. You have a title for it. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. So you definitely got to come on. So um, <laughs> thank you again, everybody. It's the Poet Life Podcast. Go to the uh, thepoetlife.com. If you want some gear, go to poetlifegear.com. We're doing a whole lot. We just want to stay connected with you. We want to show you how to build this poetry industry, but also uplift the poetry community. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube page. It's the Poet Life Podcast. Y'all have a good night. Right now. Thanks so much. Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way. Find a way.